0: Today's episode of What's Tech is brought to you by Igloo. If you've worked in a corporate environment, you know how painful internet can be. The content is stale, the interface is ugly, and you can't access it on your phone. Igloo is an internet you'll actually like. It's an easy-to-use collaboration tool that can help you do your best work. Share files and updates with your team, coordinate calendars, manage department projects, and more. Whether you're a large enterprise stuck using SharePoint, for a fast-growing business overwhelmed by file sharing and calendar apps, you can create a corporate internet that matches your brand's look and feel, simplifies how you work, and it is accessible on your phone. What's not to like? Get your free trial today at igloosoftware.com slash tech. That's igloosoftware.com slash tech.
1: This is a humble braggy story, but it really captures um, my experience going to film festivals last year, which I did quite a few. Um, I was it was one of the last nights I was in Cannes. Yes, I went to the Cannes Film Festival.
0: Oh, wee. Oui, oui. uh-huh, baguettes, Very
1: fancy baguettes, uh, uh, cafe latte, etc. But um, so I was I was there by myself. And a thing about Cannes is that a lot of the screenings, especially in the evening and the premieres, the big screenings, you have to dress up for them. Have to. Like, oh no, I need to put on a long silk gown and get dressed up and go see a movie in France. Oh, this sucks. Anyway, I um, the traffic is miserable. It's this little town. It's a little resort town. It's not really meant to, uh, it's not really built to host a giant international it's media. It's like too beautiful
0: fest. and too picturesque
1: uh it's a little is that the issue it's a little too cute and gorgeous and wonderful um Mm. so the 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 city the the main center of the city just becomes a sea of cabs um and and in this case ubers a lot of ubers a lot of the best ubers i've ever had in my life (laughs) In can a jaguar i had a jaguar uber oh my god okay So um, it's just a sea of cars, and um, at a certain point I'm just looking at my phone, just freaking out, sweating, because um, it's getting down to the wire. And so I do the move. I hop out of the cab and say, I'm sorry, monsieur, I must run. And then I go tearing down the street, cobblestone streets, in heels, like I'm in a goddamn perfume ad um go all the way down the the main drag in the front where the line is formed realize i've gone to the wrong line which happens almost every single time that i go to this film fest then go all the way back and get back into the right line all wearing heels like i am not used to wearing heels i am not a high heels type of girl and then finally i'm whisked through they they because you go up the red carpet is the same red carpet as everybody else uh, your your pictures be you taken, so somebody like just makes sure that you're looking okay. Somebody like does a little, make sure that your hair is nice <laughs> and checks you, and then uh, and then you know get out on the red carpet, march up as fast as I can, take the stealthiest selfie I've ever taken in my life because they're not allowed um, technically on the red carpet, and uh, and they go in and watch a movie, drenched in sweat in in my homecoming gown from. 2000 the year 2000 so um, to, to
0: cool down did you uh down a bottle of a perrier
1: uh yes it was great i i took a drink of the perrier and then i i did a like a swan dive into the ocean and uh <laughs> it was great um but yeah but that that was uh it was sort of an over-the-top experience like that is the it feels like the most picturesque stereotypical experience of the Cannes film festival you can imagine and i did it and i live to tell the tale
0: Hello and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com I'm your humble host, Christopher Thomas-Plant And today we're talking about film festivals Because I'm about to go to one for my first time, I guess I don't know, I went to a well, Tribeca been to film festival And you've been, to Fantas-
1: you've been to Fantastic Fest Yeah, are those? do those really count? They they're count, like- they're not I mean, Fantastic Fest is more up and coming I think Tribeca totally counts though I think okay, it's a real real life film fest.
0: Well, yeah. I should introduce you. This is my friend and colleague, Emily Oshida, entertainment editor of TheBridge.com.
1: Nice to be here again. <laughs> Thank you for joining us.
0: Last time we talked about fan fiction.
1: I no, last time, time we talked, we talked about, about a... TV.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. You yeah. should go back and listen to all of Emily's episodes because they're really, they go places.
1: That's um, what I like about them. Yeah, when I get on a podcast, it doesn't matter where, when, with who. I just, you know, I, my inner self just comes out and, and, and <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a horrible, awful thing. But yeah, <gasps> Film Fest. Are you excited yeah. about Sundance? I'm interviewing you now.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, let me tell you, I have so much anxiety. Um... No, let's, okay, wait, we were just talking about whether Tribeca was a film fest or Fantastic Fest or film fest. Let's start there. What, what is a film festival? What makes it count uh, versus, you know, like me just screening all of Alfred Hitchcock movies in my living room and my underpants?
1: <laughs> I mean, there's not really a hard, like official making line that makes something a film fest or not. I mean, a film fest is a gathering of people to watch films, not in a commercial setting. Um, most of them are nonprofit. Not all of them are, um, but they. The first one was, uh, I think, the Venice Film Festival is the oldest one. And from I, I, I've never read this concretely, but it feels to me like just a logical, conc- uh, a logical continuation of the tradition of like salons and academies in France, like with art, where it's like let's just get all the artists that are big right now into one place. Let's check out their stuff. Let's just get like a temp, like do a temperature check on the general state of film in the world right now. Um, fan, you know, fans can come and see stuff. Uh, academics can come and see stuff. Journalists, like it's just a big gathering where we're all thinking about film all the time, and that's generally the idea of a film fest. And now there there are so many um, around the world of all different sizes, um, and you know that that gives you the opportunity to get a little more granular. So you can have a sci fi fest, or you can have something that's more horror oriented, or um, you know, Sundance is doing a lot more this year with um, virtual reality. I mean, it's been doing a lot recently, but there's a, been a big explosion of it recently. So there's always room for these little niches and subgenres and stuff. I mean, is that
0: the basic premise of how they came to exist? When you mentioned Venice, just a bunch of, I guess, educated people in the medium saying, let's get drunk together and watch some films.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you have to remember in at this time, which uh. When, when, when did the Venice film... I'm going to look it up right now. 32. So, I mean, film is still relatively new as a medium. And especially, like, the idea of a feature film is still kind of coming together, the I- film as we see it now. And it's a really big technological feat um, and an economic feat for your country to make films. So... It's a little bit of a World's Fair vibe, too, where it's like, look at this awesome thing we can make. Um, we can make this huge historical epic or something. So there's a little bit of the the nationalist show-off show off vibe as well um, going on. But I, I don't you, know if that's as much of a thing now, but yeah, cer- I certainly- mean, What, what I, is the
0: thing now? Like, <laughs> what what purpose do these have when, I, I don't know, this is a question I have about a lot of live events in the age sure, of the internet, yeah. where it's like- Y'all, you could just put it online. Oh, and
1: you think about this constantly. You, you are about to think about this every single second of your life while you're at Sundance. Because Fantastic. so much of your day is waiting in line for something. Usually in the case of Sundance, especially when you're at press screenings, you're not in like a pristine, amazing screening environment. It's not like, oh, this is the best way that you will ever see this film. Uh, you're tired. You're You're underslept. And it's like the the press screenings are in like a little um, strip mall movie theater. It's not like super fancy, but I feel like the benefit is, and I've thought about this a lot, is that you get to be in a place like the, the idea of like emptying out and then and being in a physical place where everybody is living and breathing cinema for a week is something that could not really be replicated by say, streaming all of these movies online. Um... The, I, the draw of being in that place with people, especially for media people, like if you're interviewing people who are in the films or whatever, it helps to be there in the space. Um, that's not as much of an issue for, you know, a lot of people who are going to Sundance. But, um, yeah, it's – it's uh, there's something about going – you know, making this pilgrimage in a way and doing – and being really focused in a way. Like the same way that everybody goes to CES, you could – you could have, you could just live stream, you know, every, a picture of every single product or something, uh, and call it CES. But everybody wants to be there, you know. <laughs> I guess everybody, everybody, wants everybody, everybody in the world wants <laughs> to be there. I'm using this as the most recent example, but I didn't go to. Neither of us went to CES this year, so we might not know what we're talking about at all. I mean, let's let's
0: kind of flip that question though. With digital streaming and direct download, things like that being available to people who aren't. Uh, Able to go to film festivals either because they're not in the press or because they're extremely expensive uh that's that's one of the other things i just got the call for uh badges for fantastic fest In mm-hmm. like it, i mean it, i guess it's a fair price when you consider how many films you're seeing but it's hundreds of dollars right um, which is not nothing to blush at uh has has digital streaming and direct downloaded benefited film festivals and their films in any way outside of the festivals?
1: Um, well, I think the after effects of a festival. So, for example, last year, one of my favorite films, if not my very favorite film at Sundance, was a film called Advantageous. Um, the director of which I interviewed on our my podcast with uh, Liz Lopato, ESP, coming back this week. Uh, yeah. And... Um, she so so this is like kind of a it's a it's a low budget sci fi thing. It's something that like I think ten years ago you would have seen that at a festival and been like that was cool. Nobody's gonna distribute that. Like I can tell my friends about this, but they're not gonna be able to see it. But Netflix bought it, and and you can watch it on Netflix now. So like there's a, there's a a more concrete end game for a lot of the films that you see at a film festival now. So there isn't this like kind of film nerds only like oh I saw this thing that 10 other people saw at this film fest and you'll never get to see it but uh you know just so you know it exists no you can actually see a lot of these things now which is great and usually within a year of it coming out
0: on the flip side of that how have festivals benefited from online media outlets I mean are we this is probably granting way too much power (laughs) uh to I guess online media but are are critics the people kind of influencing which of these films winds up on netflix
1: um i you know it's hard to say i i feel like there's a lot of stuff that kind of flies under the radar at festivals Um, even within a festival you know even in a space where you are there to shine a light on things that might not get as much attention in a commercial marketplace i feel like my my thing about last year with this film advantageous is that like it's a sci-fi film, which is not. Sundance still has an audience of people who really want like a very kind of uh, nouveau mumblecore coming of age, like anything that's very actor-oriented, anything where somebody looks kind of like gets like dressed down a little bit and gets their hair messed up or isn't wearing makeup. Like that's that's like the cool thing. That's like the thing that people kind of flock to at Sundance, and a lot of I think a little more out of the box ideas. Don't get a scene. Um, And I think, I think in that case, having media there that are saying like, hey, you know, this was really good. Like maybe at this film festival, the momentum is not going towards this, this piece or, but, uh, but I, as a critic, liked it, uh, want other people to be able to see it. And then also like, you know, being able to ask for some, like ask as a critic, like, Suggest like, oh, this should be a Netflix movie. is is a very realistic thing to kind of suggest as a as a journalist, where you might actually be able to influence something along those lines. So I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's too granting too much power to the press. I think, um, yeah, I mean that's that's half of the reason why festivals are there anyway is to build up momentum for something, oftentimes before the film has any kind of distribution plan at all. It's
0: funny to me that you mentioned this kind of mumblecore, coming-of-age stereotype for Sundance. Uh-huh. Because why I'm reluctant to uh, describe Tribeca as a legitimate film festival, even compared to the New York Film Festival, is I feel like 90% of what I have seen in that festival over a number of years is like the refuse of that Sundance Mumblecore film. Uh, It's like the stuff that didn't get accepted. Like the number of films I've seen about, uh, maybe it's like set 10 years prior to when the film came out about a high schooler who wants to be a filmmaker in Palo Alto.
1: Yeah. And it's like,
0: oh my gosh. I've literally seen that movie a thousand times at this
1: point. Yeah, it's pretty rough. And I mean like... Yeah. To have to have it be something like that that isn't in Sundance. I don't know. I mean, and it's again, it's interesting
0: to me that they, they that a festival can develop a like a feel a cliche. Yeah. essentially.
1: Well, it's interesting because a lot of times things do not that is not a spoken mission of, say, the Sundance Film Festival and South by uh, South by Southwest. It doesn't have a spoken mission of like we're going to try to find like more underground genre f- movies but over time these reputations sort of emerge and like if you are a filmmaker and you have something uh, if you have a film you can kind of know okay i think i think that sundance is the right move for this but i don't think they're going to be interested in fantastic fest or whatever like um and a lot of these festivals are not films you formally submit to they're um they're more gatherings of of things that have um, premiered other places um and that's another that's another great use of smaller film festivals it's like you say how you know how uh, how is this useful to like the average person who can't afford to go to them well there are a lot of smaller film festivals whose mission is to bring these films that otherwise people would not get to see to like you know des moines iowa or whatever
0: yeah i mean well even austin i mean if, yeah putting the money down in for fantastic Rest, mm-hmm. it's a lot but i also saw like a french animated film that was like gi joe about Physicist in the nineteen forties, like not <laughs> not a typical thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sundance. Yeah. I'm about to go. This is this is a sincere question. I don't I don't know. What is it?
1: What is it?
0: I'm so sorry that you have already submitted the paperwork for me to actually have to fly out <laughs> there because you're well, you are discovering that this was a grand mistake.
1: Well, let me let me let's walk back a few steps. What is okay. a movie? A movie okay. is a thing <laughs> that you you watch on a screen. God, okay, 24 so 24
0: frames per second. Anyway,
1: yes. Well, I mean, you know, who knows now? That's 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 another oh, interesting God. thing now at this point. Like, who knows who knows what the actual format is of what we're watching? I, I was kind of joking about what a movie is, but there's this whole section of Sundance uh, called New Frontiers that incorporates a lot of the VR filmmaking, a lot more like art installation, non-narrative stuff. So. That all still fits under the film bucket. It's sort of like catch-all motion picture, um, which is interesting. Sundance. Um, oh, I don't have the exact date it started. Sixties or seventies. I can't remember. Robert Redford started it. Um, it. It 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 is now known as much for the film festivals it is for its labs and um, and residency programs. So a lot of filmmakers will go and uh, do these sort of. Studies uh, or, or, or bring a, bring a screenplay and workshop it there, or do these sort of master masterclasses. Um, it's sort of like an extended education program, and a lot of those films are films that end up getting into the Sundance Film Festival. Um, surprise! Like last year, um, Diary of a Teenage Girl was a, I think, a Sundance Labs film. Um, Marion Heller made that, and so uh, that's that's sort of. I think that sort of shapes what the films look like there but it's a film festival in park city utah um which is a random place for a film festival uh but it's pretty and it gives hollywood people an excuse to ski uh it has you it's it's been it's got a brand now as a a kind of uh a a incubator for american independent film uh hence the bedraggled faces and messed up hair uh (laughs) but there's a there is uh international stuff there too and international premieres um and a lot of documentary as well um so that that sort of stereotype is not entirely accurate i think that probably accounts for mm, a quarter of the films in the film festival um it lasts for about 10 days and there are awards uh there's a grand jury prize and the films that win these awards, I wouldn't say that it has any real impact on like awards awards or anything. I don't remember the last time a Sundance Grand Jury Award like even tracked it and the Academy Awards. But still, it's like a there is a certain cachet to that. Um, Primer was a, a Grand Jury Prize winner back in 2002, I want to say.
0: The movies that are going to be posters on college dorm room walls.
1: Yeah. Got to have those nice little laurels for Sundance Film Festival. And, I mean, this is – it's interesting because I went to – the film festivals I went to last year were Sundance, South by Southwest, and Cannes. Um, Three very different film festivals with very different objectives. And from a writer's standpoint, South by Southwest was the easiest one to write for for our audience at The Verge because of the place that so many of those filmmakers are coming from the the can films a lot of them it's like I have no idea when we're gonna see this Um, and in anywhere that an, an average American reader can see something. And Sundance I mean you saw The
0: Lobster there and I thought it was great that I was able to see that at an American yeah. film festival it's actually playing at Sundance yeah, yeah. almost a year later
1: well it's got so Sundance has a section also where they bring in you know greatest hits from film festivals the year before so that people who haven't gotten a chance to see them can see them there so Rams is another big one from Cannes that's screening there um, but yeah Lobster Lobster is one of my favorite films I saw last year it's amazing I know you didn't feel as strongly about it I love the first half and <laughs> the
0: craziest thing is that I like want to have a conversation about it and the movie is not out
1: i know well that's 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 the thing and that that's that's the hard thing about writing from can especially is like i don't know when this is gonna come out i finally got to talk about sea of trees in my review of the forest because like that's that's a gus van sant film that as far as i know has no release date this is like booed booed very lustily At at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, But other things... I mean, like, Inside Out had its premiere there. So a lot of times films will premiere there. They'll have their premiere already having a release date, an official theatrical release date. Um, There are a few of those at Sundance, um, some of which I cannot remember. Last year, the Nina Simone documentary that was on Netflix premiered there. And then it came out on Netflix, like, a couple months later. So that stuff is easier to write about from a generalistic perspective. Because you're like, okay, you're going to get to see this in two months. But... Um, And Sundance now is like, okay, you're going to get to see this. Like, and you know, a lot of the people who are involved in this, but it's also like film at a smaller scale where there's not as broad an interest um, in what it is. So it's very, it's, it can be a little more niche, but I still think it's important to talk about just from a, like, this is where greater movements and trends and stuff in filmmaking sort of start to bubble up is a smaller film festival. Um, And I, can't believe I'm referring to Sundance as a smaller film festival, but the films that are there are smaller. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I I feel like it's a uh, a place where like comedians decide to do drama,
1: right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, like we're not we're not gonna to invest too much in this, but, right? Like, let's give it a shot.
1: Yeah, and I think I think it's a place you know a lot of people end up hanging out and and and, and chatting and making friends and making deals and stuff and you know one drunken hangout session Park City turns into a film the two years from then I don't know everybody's wearing parkas and Sorrel boots and is in a great mood so oh
0: god <laughs> um, okay two two tech related questions before we wrap sure uh, the first is uh, virtual reality you mentioned it how big a part of I guess both Sundance and the festival circuit is virtual reality becoming?
1: Um, Sundance is doing a much more, I think, convincing push into it because they're, they actually have a residency now for work in virtual reality. So they're really encouraging people um, and filmmakers to uh, create and try to figure out what this form is because it's something we don't really know yet. A lot of film festivals will have virtual reality at them. Um a lot of it is tie-ins with studio films. So like the Martian VR experience, which premiered at Sundance or at CES, will be at Sundance. But that's not really what their main uh VR push is about. It's like it's a lot more along the lines of something like, I'm trying to think of like a good example of a VR experience recently. Um Uh, I mean, well, they had, they premiered that, um, the Oculus short, um, gone. Oh yeah. Uh, a couple years ago or was that last year? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a little more like. Figuring out the form. Yeah, figuring out the form and, and figuring out what you can do with it. There's a lot of that kind of experiential, like, what's it like to be at this party when this date rape is going to happen type stuff. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a pretty mixed bag, and they're putting a lot of resources towards it where instead of just, like, having it be a sort of sideshow thing happening among a more conventional film fest.
0: Okay, and the other final question. Is it fair to say this kind of, like, popping up of film festivals? Uh is connected to the rise of digital filmmaking.
1: Oh, I mean, for sure. Uh, I, I think I, I I would love to see what kinds of submission numbers are like how that's increased over the last 20 years as, as digital filmmaking has become more available. Um, yeah I, th- I i mean what do you mean like the push towards it or or yeah
0: i, I just wonder if because it's so easy to make a f- not easy r- to make a film but l- i guess compared to you know actually buying film shooting on film right. uh that more films can be made and if there are more films then there are going to be more film festivals
1: yeah i think and i think that also mean, makes a bigger space for like experimental stuff more um low budget experimental films like the 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 flip side of that is like when every when it becomes relatively easy to to make a film uh you know kind of just sifting through that and trying to find the people who seem really serious um, versus you know I don't know I it's it is very expensive to submit to film festivals so that kind of I think also <laughs> helps put a cap yeah. on it but um but yeah I think I think that maybe affects more films like Fantastic Fest and like um there's like a there's a phil k dick short sci-fi festival that's um happening in new york soon that's a lot of short film a lot of short sci-fi horror film um i had my thesis film at the the seattle uh at the sci-fi museum short film festival in seattle in like 2007 uh so there's like definitely a A place where those sorts of lower investment more experimental things can happen which is which is awesome and and you know if something catches on there then there's a greater chance that it can go on to a bigger festival from then and then from there that person might be able to get a deal and make a feature and like it's a whole kind of chain of of um, influence I guess
0: um thank you for doing this podcast today I feel less stressed Yeah. I did before it started about going to this thing. The
1: thing you have to remember is to stay hydrated, bring Uh snacks everywhere, um, and... Salty
0: snacks, just really dense, fatty, salty snacks. Mm,
1: I had a lot of... I drank a lot of Coke Zero at Mm. this (laughs) last year. (laughs) Okay. Um, and I don't know, like, keep your drink limit, like, two, because altitude will mess with you hard, um and that's that's that
0: and have fun and have
1: fun and love art be there for the art support the art <laughs> uh where, where can people find you on the internet uh, my twitter is Emily Yoshida, all one word and um i write sometimes on theverge.com <laughs> and you can find the show also on theverge.com
0: or on twitter at what's tech or on any uh podcast feed I recommend going to iTunes. We're trying a new thing where uh, if you leave a question in the review, we will find an answer. I will go out and find some sort of expert <laughs> and and, and I'll, we'll amend it to the end of the show, uh, preferably about Czech or something that I know about. But if you want to know, like, is there a God, you know, <laughs> I will do my best. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, and thank you to our producer, Andrew Marino. Until Thanks, next Andrew. time, we'll talk to you later. Bye.
1: Bye. Yeah.